Hey, I'm Kyla Graham. I am an accountant who's passionate about helping nonprofit leaders speak confidently about their money. You are listening to the Nonprofit Nuggets podcast. And before we get into the episode, got to give you this disclaimer. Any accounting, business, or tax advice in this here podcast is not intended as a thorough, in-depth analysis of your specific issues. It's not a substitute for a formal opinion. It is not good enough to avoid tax-related penalties. Got to tell you this because don't want y'all coming for me. Did you know that I offer free 30-minute strategy sessions? Strategy sessions are time for you to come with questions about the challenges your nonprofit is facing and for us to work through what that looks like. Are there some resources that you need to be connected with? Are there some tools that we have that could guide you? Strategy sessions are free because I want you to have this time to really flesh out and talk out loud about what your organization is needing. And if synergy is a fit, great. But if not, we really want to make sure that you have what you need to take the next best step. Book a time on my calendar using Calendly backslash synergy slash strategy. Link, of course, will be in the show. Back to the episode. Yep, it's another installment of my interview with Rachel Miller-Blake. You can see the Find the Full episode over on my website. But for now, here's a snippet about the governance not just being about the board. With what is one thing that you wish more nonprofits knew or more nonprofits acted on? <laughs> I, I wish more nonprofits understand and embrace the idea that governance matters. Um, I think that it, it, it's particularly managing governance sometimes gets treated as either a side desk job or an afterthought, or it gets lumped in with another function. Um, my experience working with charitable nonprofits, I don't think this is everyone's experience, but I think it, it tends to happen a lot that the development office kind of gets governance. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I think, I, I think I'm really kind of underscoring what I was mentioning before, and that is that it, it's important to take it seriously. It's important to invest the energy necessary to, to really boost the quality of governance systems. Um, but I think also I tend to have a bit of a pet peeve when it comes to talking about governance as though it's only about the board. Okay. And and, you know, I think there's some literature out there that, that kind of hits on that, actually, that, that sort of hits on the idea that when, when people talk about governance, they think, well, that's the board's job. Uh-huh. And, and that is kind of this isolated thing that sort of lives over here. Yeah. And there isn't necessarily this broader understanding that, you know, the work of governance, sure, it is the domain of the board. Like, uh-huh. there's no question about the idea that the the board or whoever the highest governing body is that they have the authority but to say that oh it's just the board's job or (laughs) this is just the board is supposed to do the fundraising or you know as as easy as it might be to say well governance that that's not really related to it it encompasses the entire organization it permeates throughout the entire organization and it is in and of itself a system of which the board is part of but it's when you have a broader understanding of the way that it serves 
the entire organization as a system, mm-hmm. I think it's easier for more people to really buy into it and for more people to share that responsibility. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. I've ne- I know I've never thought about it in terms of, wow, this permeates the whole organization, but that's definitely how I think about the finances. I'm like, everyone plays a part, even if you don't request a check, you still need right. to understand the process. So that clearly means it's true for governance. Like just because you're not the one who's setting up that rule doesn't mean mm-hmm. you need to, you don't need to have an understanding about this is how we operate. And this is the system we have in place to do things. Right, right. And I would maybe argue that, and I don't know if you've experienced this too, but I I think that financially, you know, talking about things more in terms of finances affect everyone, I think is almost more accessible to people because I think people who are line workers or people who are even out in the field, they kind of understand that what they do has some impact dollar like dollars and cents wise whether it be staff time or do i have enough money to provide this kind of service etc um and and i kind of envy that in the sense that there's a little bit more like everyday pedestrian vocabulary attached to kind of embracing financial stewardship Uh whereas i think governance sometimes just seems like a much headier concept and a little bit harder to kind of wrap your head around a little bit yeah I don't know if you experienced that or or, or if that kind of resonates I do think it resonates I do I do get that people people think finances is are more accessible I don't think they always appreciate they're like it happens please submit the thing like right right you know you play a part, but I need you to, like, buy into that part. I right, would right. say when it comes to making it more tangible for from a governor's perspective, you mentioned, like, bring, having the language in a finance way. But is helping them come up with a language something that you do? Do you help them say, like, how do we make this more accessible to everyone? That's a really good question. And I think that there are certain touch points Mm -hmm. that I tend to sort of work inside of that that help to kind of emphasize the ways in which governance sort of spreads across the organization and um, one of the ways in which I I do that is I provide a lot of support not only with boards but also with committees Mm -hmm. and committees are a key way that kind of governance spreads its tentacles across the organization (laughs) And I think that when you can introduce standard practices and educate people about governance concepts that are specific to perhaps the committee that they work on, or if there is a volunteer advisory group that they work with, those are opportunities to really introduce things like effective meeting management, developing strong agendas, um, even being able to contextualize parliamentary procedure, things like that. Um, you know, that is one way. Another way is report development. When people have an audience or um, have an audience in the board, if they need to do presentations or if they need to interface uh-huh. with the governing body, that is another really key opportunity to um, introduce some of the ways in which you can can kind of 
create that language and and help um, help people sort of understand how do you communicate with a board that helps them uh, function at a higher level, maintain kind of that thirty thousand foot view. Mm -hmm. um, so I I think that it's it's not so much a matter of everybody in an organization needs to sit down and learn about governance <laughs> as much as i would love to teach that class uh it's um it certainly is something that in in different engagements that i've had it's been a little bit more organic and it's been a little bit more situational okay so i, I guess that, that makes sense that it would be an organic process like we need to be in it and then we'll learn okay this is this is the turn we need to make. <laughs> Do you agree? Do you think the governance is born in the board? Check out Rachel Oliver on LinkedIn.